Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. The question to think about is, who was your first crush? Give it to us. Who's your first crush? Your third grade teacher? Nice, going for it, okay. Do y'all remember uh, a movie called Newsies? Did anyone see Newsies? Which is obviously Christian Bale's standout performance of his career. It's a, a near perfect movie. It's like these newsboys in like the 20s. One of them was from Brooklyn. His name was Spot Collins. That was easily my first crush. I don't know what it was about this thin little newspaper delivery boy. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, did I want to be him? Did I want to be with him? It was all very confusing for me for a long time. Um, It's sorted itself out. All right, so we are in the book of Exodus. But before we jump in, we are, I'm going to start in chapter 13. So um, all the, the plagues have come and like, you know, just all the things happened until Pharaoh was like, fine and um then they got out. Here's where we're starting. There's more drama to that. We'll probably circle back to that part, but I'm just going to jump ahead to they're already out, which is very me. Um, okay, so we are in chapter 13, uh, verse 1. It goes like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. So Moses said to the people, this is a day to remember forever, the day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. Today the Lord has brought you out by the power of God's mighty hand. Remember, eat no food containing yeast. Very important. On this day in early spring, in the month of Abib, you have been set free. You must celebrate this event in this month each year after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hevites and Jebusites. Uh, God swore to your ancestors that God would give you this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. Okay, this is very important. Then on the seventh day, celebrate the feast of the Lord. Rise your bread. Eat bread without yeast during those seven days. In fact, There must be no yeast bread or any yeast at all found within the borders of your land. Like, honestly, no yeast in the bread and no yeast in your house. We're going in. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you, like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. Let it remind you always to recite this teaching of the Lord. With a strong hand, the Lord rescued you from Egypt. So observe the decree of this festival at the appointed time each year. So I want to talk about yeast. I'm just <laughs> it was so funny reading that. Um, and I'm sure there's, I, I don't know, reasons, lots of reasons for these things. But just hammering down that point in that point um, and realizing that this passage is saying, you must remember this moment. You must create a ritual around remembering when the Lord delivered you from Egypt. 
Meaning, you must do something to shake up your life because I know we've all been there. Something amazing happens in your life or something you prayed for, you wanted, and then um, you're like, I'll never forget this. And then you never think about it again. Um, So do something that shakes up your regular routine because you have to remember that the Lord did what the Lord said they were going to do and they delivered you from Egypt. So don't put any yeast in your bread. And if you're looking around, you're like, why is my bread so flat? Oh my God, yes, God delivered me from Egypt, right? You have to create rituals around remembrance. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. As a side note, I got a tattoo on my 18th birthday. Anyone got like a teenage tattoo? Um, and I was super Christian. So I actually have the word remember in Hebrew tattooed on my back. And that is a thing. I don't know why I'm sharing. But if you see me in a backless shirt, which is also not probable, um, that's, what, <laughs> that's what it says. Um, so I just, uh, last week, my wife and I celebrated our five-year anniversary. <laughs> I know, cute. And we decided uh, along the way that every anniversary we reread our vows and we like watch our wedding video and we have this cute moment. But it was so, I don't know what it was about this year, but we're sitting there and we're reading our vows and every time we read our vows, it takes me right back to that moment of standing there, getting married to my wife and so many feelings come because I was in Egypt. There was a time where I was like, have a wife. I'm never going to be able to come out, right? I can't be me, and then I'm not going to meet anyone, and then all these, we have so many barriers, and then we lost a lot along the way, and it wasn't perfect, and then we got to stand there and say these vows in front of all of our family and friends, and now we're out here celebrating our five-year anniversary, and it was such a beautiful moment. And we do that for us. We do that not because our marriage, like if you do that and you don't put yeast in your bread and you read your vows every year, then your marriage is going to be perfect and then nothing's ever going to be hard and God's always going to do exactly what you want. It's like some magic potion. No, you do that as a ritual of remembrance because I think looking back as we move forward is the best shot we have at hope. And we desperately, desperately need hope right now. If you only look forward and you're only in today, and what am I doing today? Because plot twist, they are about to, they got free from uh, Egypt and they're going straight into the wilderness. And we're going to get there all summer. It's going to be a fun summer. Um, So no, it's not about everything perfect, but you have to keep the perspective. You have to have a ritual of remembrance. Even when you're in the wilderness, you have to cook some flat bread and remember, okay, this isn't easy right now, but remember when God said, and God did what God said that they would do? God did what, yeah, right? Do you remember that moment? Do you remember when we thought we were never going to come out? We were never going to do this. And even though we're having hard conversations or this moment, like, do you remember when we prayed so hard for what we have today? And that's not some hack to say, like, oh, so you have to be grateful and you you can't be sad or angry or scared. It's just saying perspective is what breeds hope. So you have to create a ritual around remembering. I remember the first um, job I got out of grad school was at Pepperdine University. Woo woo, no, I know. And um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, anyone's ever been to Pepperdine. It's in Malibu. It's like on a cliff overlooking the ocean. And so I'm doing the interviews. It's like a whole day of interviews. And every interview I'm in is like facing the ocean. So I'm like, am I supposed to be paying attention? Like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I was walking from one interview to another with uh, the the person who was showing me around, and I was just, like, staring at the ocean. And I was like, how do you get anything done? Like, this is so beautiful. And I'll never forget, he said, oh, you'll get used to it. And I was like, you might. I've never lived by the ocean. 
Um, and so I got the job and I moved to Malibu and I was like, man, I'm never, I'm never gonna get over this view. Sure enough, two years later, I was like, when's the last time I even looked? And it turns out the view never got old. I just stopped looking. It was this beautiful moment. Of course, you know, it's like my last week living there and I'm like going to the beach every day before I moved to Glendora. Um, <laughs> like, wow, I really took this one for granted. I really missed opportunity. I'm like, can I go two years worth of beach going in my last week? Um, and it just always served as a reminder for me of, man, this never gets old, but I forgot to look. And I was reminded of that this uh, week as I'm like journaling and I'm trying to do these things that I have really neglected to do and reminding myself to look inwards and finding so much good and so much God as I'm looking back over my life, as I'm looking ahead, as I'm feeling frustrated, if I take time to look, it's there. It's still there, but you have to create the rituals to stop and make room to look or else everything is incredibly overwhelming. Again, we don't do this because it's a magic potion of like, okay, if you journal three days and then you get Jesus calling and then you do these things and then everything will be easy. No, you cultivate hope for the hard things that are coming and are already here. You have to create space to say, remember when God freed us from Egypt? Remember God did that thing? Remember when I thought I wouldn't make it, but I did? Remember how hard it was? Remember how hard it was when I got fired uh, for coming out of the church and then I got a promotion? Remember these things because you're going to need them. We went to a, a comedy show a few weeks ago when all the comedians were here, and Jon Stewart um, did a set. And it was <clears throat> fine, but um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Jon Stewart. But he was um, obviously overwhelmed with the political climate and the state of things in the world, and he literally got on stage and he was like, we're screwed. And, you know, kind of made a joke about it, but we were like, uh, are you okay, Mr. Stewart? Um, and he's just talking about, like, how bad things are, the political divide, how these people don't listen to these people. These, uh, this attack on this rights is leading to this, which is leading to this, which is leading to the crumbling of our entire democracy, country, and world. I'm not even joking. This is his stand-up comedy set. Um, and I was like, uh, okay. Um, and, and it was like, sad and, and hard to see. And then I thought, without rituals to remember, I agree with Jon Stewart. Without perspective, fully with you. Without being able to look back and get the context to look forward and have some hope, I totally agree that we're just screwed and things have never been this bad and they're not getting any better and it's only getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And we can't even have a conversation and Twitter's ruining everything and someone's ruining Twitter. And it's, right? In the, um, I do anti-racism training for companies and organizations, and one thing we say all the time is you cannot understand content unless you understand context. You cannot understand the content without context. So before we talk about race in America, in 2022, we literally get a timeline out, and we start at 1492, and we take it all the way to 2022, pointing out racist and anti-racist events that have happened over the whole time, right? And while that doesn't sound inherently hopeful, the idea is to say that while we think 
What we're going through is the worst we've ever seen or the hardest it's ever been. We have so many models. We have so many people. We have so much hope. We have so much perspective. We have so much to learn. There is so much context that will help us understand the content that we live in now. But if we don't make space to stop and look, if we don't have rituals to remember, we're not going to have hope. And that's how so many people right now in my life feel. It's like, ah, we're screwed, it's getting bad, it's, and it keeps getting worse. And I'm like, no, look at some perspective, get some history, create some rituals to remember, not only in your own life, in your relationships, in your family, like not only there, but historically, socially. We're not screwed unless we think we're screwed. <laughs> it's very Enneagram 7 talk. <laughs> But I love this passage is like, wear it like a, a brand on your hand, a stamp on your forehead that says, I, no matter how deep in the wilderness I am, no matter what's going on, I am going to create rituals to stop and look and remember that time we got out of Egypt, that time we did this, that time we did that. Honestly, looking at an entire timeline of colonized US history as a person of color is not awesome. But then I think it's a miracle that I'm here. That didn't get us, that didn't get us, that didn't get us, that didn't get us, they didn't get us, that didn't get us, and somehow I'm standing here? That is the perspective I need to have hope that there is a future. Sometimes you, we just go and we look forward and we get into the hard times, and if you don't have rituals to remember, the hard times are gonna feel like they're gonna swallow you whole. Honestly, you get into hard conversations, my wife and I get into hard conversations, nothing brings you out of it like reading your vows and remembering like, listen, we'll figure this out because we fought so freaking hard for this and let's keep that perspective. Because honestly, everything else that comes, we're like, okay, no, this is a hard conversation, but remember when we had to come out and we got fired, okay? You have to have perspective if you want to have hope and to get perspective, you have to have rituals to remember to stop and to look. And for a lot of us, some of that work is gonna be, where do you feel hopeless? Is it social? Do you feel like America's going down a crapshoot? Because guess what, it's been down a few. <laughs> and that's not to say that right now is not hard or bad or scary, but that's to say get some perspective. Is it personal? Do you need to stop and remember that you are good? That there is divinity in you? that if you stop and look, you will be reminded that you are beautiful and good and worthy, which you'll find, but you have to create rituals to remember. Are you in a spot that you think you can't get out of? Go back. Think about all the spots you thought you couldn't get out of before and that you're here now. Every single person in this room has made it through their hardest day. That's a fact and that's incredible. And if we could create rituals around remembering those things and who we are and who God is and who God says we are and how we connect with that, then we will move through the world differently. It's not about following some laws and some rules and being like, ah, oh, I can't have any yeast. Get the yeast out of the house so God will show up. It's shake things up. Do something different. Make your bread flat. And then the bread, flat bread is like, oh, my God, oh, yeah, remember God, right? 
Get a journal, do a drive, look at the ocean. I don't know what it is, but create a ritual that's going to trigger you to remember who God is, what God has done in your life, that God is with you, that God is in you, that you carry this, that it's okay to have hope, that it's okay to be scared, that you're not doing it alone. All of these things you need to be reminded of. We don't just get hope just like by getting it. These are practices that we have to employ. The Bible is very specific and gets very specific, especially in the Old Testament. And I love it because it's a reminder that, hey, you're not just going to be walking and being like, oh, yeah, thanks, God. I mean, maybe you are, and that's awesome. But for a lot of us, it's going to come around a practice that we create in our life. You have to remind yourself that God is in you. You have to create space to cultivate hope. If you want things to be different in your life, in the world, around you, make the space to cultivate that so that you can give it out to the people around you, so that you can have it for yourself, whatever it is that you need. I think sometimes we forget this is work, right? This this takes discipline and, and useless bread, right? These things don't just happen. You're not like, okay, well, if the world's going good, I'm going to feel hopeful or I'm going to remember God exists. If things are going bad, God's out and um, so is hope. No, cultivate these practices. Create rituals of remembrance because we desperately need people who have hope and perspective. With that, you're going to grab the same people around you. Answer this question. What do you need to remember? Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.